everybody. Welcome to All There Is. I'm your host, Kelly Bargabas. Today is May 4th that I'm recording this. Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday, May 9th. I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm sure that you have. But Mother's Day is one of those days. It is filled with power. It is. It means many different things to many different people. Some would call it a Hallmark holiday for sure, and that it was just uh, created out of nothing so that corporate America could make money off of us, off the masses, and that there is certainly an element to that. And then there's the argument that, well, that may be true, but it's just a day to celebrate women and motherhood and all the power that that women contain to create life and nurture life, right? So it's a really positive sentiment, Mother's Day. And yet this day can hold so much different things for different people. For some people, it can be a sad reminder that your mother is no longer here on this earth. And if you lost your mother tragically or too young, it can really be a sad day. You know, my husband lost his mom a little over 20 years ago. So she was in her mid-50s and he lost her to cancer. And so Mother's Day isn't necessarily a really happy celebratory day for him. Then there are other women who maybe are trying to conceive and have a baby and haven't been able to yet. Or they've just been told that they can never bear children. There are women who perhaps have just chose to terminate a pregnancy or to give a baby up for adoption. There are mothers and their children who have strained relationships. You know, you might be estranged from your mother. You might be a mother who's estranged from your children. And so... Mother's Day, as, as nice as the sentiment is about celebrating women and motherhood, it can also be a day that holds so much power and potential for pain, really. And it's just really interesting to me. And as we explore the spectrum of human experience here and all there is, it's one of those things that we just have to talk about. Now, for me, And I'll just talk about my own experience because that's really all that I'm an expert on. I have never given birth to my own children. I am not a biological mother to anyone. I have three stepsons that are all fully grown now. The youngest is 20 and the oldest is in his early 40s, believe it or not. So I've been a stepmother and I know what that's like. I've been a stepmother in two different marriages now and... Being a stepmother is really, really hard. That is a very unique relationship that I know a lot of people out there are in. It's just hard. You know, there's a power struggle sometimes between the biological mother and the stepmother. I know for me personally, I never really wanted to try to be my stepson's mother. They had a mother who was there and in their lives and very competent and capable and had that role nailed. And so I had to try to find my role as a stepmother. And certainly I've been at it now for 25 or 30 years. So I've learned a lot and I wish I knew things when I was younger that I've figured out now, but it's been a journey. Also at, at my age that I am now and, and I, I've had some therapy and I've learned things about myself in therapy that make me wonder if I had done some of this work on myself in my 20s, would I have made a different decision? I was never one of those girls 
who dreamt about being a mother or who wanted children, or at least that's the story that I told myself. I, I really didn't feel a biological clock ticking. I didn't dream about or long for the day when I would become a mother. I just never did. I knew early on that I didn't really need to be a mother. And I don't know why that is. I, I think there's a reason for that. You know, I think I would have great made a great mother. I, I really do. I mean, I have a tremendous amount of capacity in me to love. And I certainly have a, a family full of nieces and nephews who I love with all my heart. It's still something, you know, as, as a woman who chose not to have children and as a woman in her 50s, I do sometimes wonder if I made the right choice. And, you know, I certainly have had my emotional bouts of regret. But at this point in my life, there's really nothing I can do about that. You know, it's too late for me to have biological children. That's just the facts. I know I could adopt. I've, I've thought about that too. I could adopt. I could be a foster mother. All of those things. Who knows? Maybe I will someday. I'm not ruling anything out. But, you know, I've had my own complicated relationship with motherhood. And I'm going to read you this piece because maybe it will resonate with someone. And it's a piece I wrote, gosh, probably back in 2012, almost 10 years ago. It's called Lucky Me. And it was published in the Mom Egg Review, Volume 12 in 2014. And it was inspired by a true event. It's called Lucky Me. You're lucky, my hairdresser says while folding another square of aluminum foil around my freshly painted strands. No, not lucky. Smart. That's it. You're smart. It takes me a second to catch up with her. I had zoned out while she recited the details of her impending night. Picking your three kids up from the babysitter, macaroni and cheese and hot dogs, baths, and bedtime. Must be nice to have all that free time, is what I usually hear from people. I don't tell them about the meals I serve at the soup kitchen, or the children I taught at my church for 17 years, or that I take my niece school shopping every fall and go to her teacher conferences because her parents can't or won't, or how I take my brother to his doctor's appointments and pay his bills. I don't tell them I have less free time than most people I know. Do you have children? Has always been a conversation killer, especially when I offer no explanation or answer beyond, no, I don't. I don't tell them my husband has two from a previous marriage. They have a mother that was there when they were born, when they took their first steps, when they got on the bus for the first time, and when they were in trouble. Sure, I tagged along to baseball games, fought with them over dirty socks, and tried to convince them to eat my cooking, but none of that ever felt title-worthy. And so I don't say anything. It was my mother who said, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't have kids. I don't remember how old I was the first time I heard it, and she doesn't remember saying it. But she did, and it was okay. It was said without malice. I knew my mother loved me, and I knew she wanted to leave. I knew when my sister and I stood at our front door with the icy air blowing up our flannel nightgowns. She was in the car in the driveway with my father at her window. We screamed and cried and begged her not to leave. She didn't. I knew she had nowhere to go and no money to get there. I was so secure in my non-motherhood that I married someone who didn't want any more than the two we already had, and then convinced him to have a vasectomy. It was his mother who said, A vasectomy is a license to cheat. I smiled and said nothing, relieved I would never be trapped with five kids and no money when he betrayed me. 
When I was 22, my cousin's wife said, Look how cute you are, all three of you with your little tummies, as my pregnant sisters and I walked in the family reunion. I smiled and said nothing as my face turned a shade of red that clashed with the fluorescent orange jumpsuit I wore. I didn't tell her that I wasn't pregnant and that my paunchy tummy was simply the result of eating too much and weak stomach muscles. My sisters were kind enough to blame it on the jumpsuit. I watched their bodies grow and change while they compared sonogram pictures and water retention levels. Their bodies were never the same after giving birth. I've yet to come up with something that will explain my stretch marks, weak bladder, and sagging breasts. I witnessed my nieces and nephews grow up with familiar faces and habits. I felt like I was watching my brothers and sisters grow up all over again. Only this time I wasn't with them. I was watching them. And when my 21-year-old niece sat with me on the couch and said, I have news. I'm pregnant. I cried. I cried all through dinner. When I got home that night and the next day. I didn't tell her that now I knew for sure my time had passed. There will be no one on this earth who has my eyes or my laugh or my voice. There's no better version of me on the way. I didn't tell her that I thought it would be enough to be the cool aunt who always had gum, sleepovers, and extraordinary Christmas presents. So now, tonight, with my head full of aluminum foil and hair dye dripping down my forehead, I nod at my hairdresser in the mirror and give her the smile. I don't tell her I don't feel lucky or smart. I'm pretty sure she doesn't mean it anyway, but mostly I wish she would just stop talking. Now, I don't mean to cloud Mother's Day with a less than joyful or happy podcast, but this is my experience. And, you know, I had some, I've had people say some really rude and insensitive things to me over the years, especially when I was younger and everyone my age was having babies and, and I would tell them I had no plans to have children. And I actually had someone tell me once that she thought that people didn't have children were some of the most selfish people on the earth. And I thought, wow, that's pretty rude. I would never say that to someone. But someone said that to me. And I think when people say things like, oh, you never know love until you have a baby. And I always think to myself, wow, well, I'm never going to have a baby. So are they saying I'll never know love when I feel like I, I have known really deep love. And and I'm not trying to devalue motherhood. I know that giving birth, growing a body inside of you and giving birth to another human being, there's nothing like it on this earth. And I get that. I do. But I don't think that having a baby come out of your vagina automatically makes you a great parent. Therefore, the opposite side of that argument, I don't think just because you've never had a baby come out of your body that you don't know how to love and to to be mothering and to be a good parent. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. That's what I believe. So whatever your situation is for Mother's Day, whether it's filled with joy or pain, sadness, longing, probably a combination of all those things because we all have different relationships going on. If if you're my age, you probably have a mom. Hopefully you still have a mom that you're either celebrating or missing because she's gone. You may have children. You may be regretting not having children. You may be trying to have children. You may be watching your friends have babies and maybe you have a whole gaggle full of nieces and nephews like I do and I'm telling you, my nieces and nephews have been my greatest loves and my greatest joy, and I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. All of us are somewhere on that spectrum, right? We all, if we're on this earth, we've had a mother, 
And if we're women, they're most likely are people in our lives that we've nurtured in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a biological niece or nephew, a godson or daughter, our own children, stepchildren, our friends' children, you know, in some way, shape, or form, we've played that mother role. Maybe it's to the younger women at work and you're the mother figure there. But whatever it is, I feel like as women, we're all somewhere on that motherhood spectrum. And I hope that we can just approach this holiday with compassion, with empathy for each other, and understanding that we don't all have the same story. We we don't all have the same approach to Mother's Day. We don't all have the same experience on Mother's Day. And maybe as women, we can just take this holiday to reach out to each other, to hold hands, to hug each other, to be kind, to not say rude, judgmental things, whatever the situation is, and to just know that this is a day to celebrate us regardless of the choices we've made and where we're at in our journey. So with that, have a wonderful, blessed Mother's Day. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. You can find more information by going to my website at kellybargabas.com slash podcast. And if you got something useful by listening today, please subscribe, share, review all there is. I would appreciate it. And in my next episode, make sure you tune in because I am going to keep it real with a guest. Her name is Afua Boheni, and she is going to talk about activism and give us some insight into what activism looks like and how we can live it in our daily lives. And I'm really excited to share that with you guys. So until then, take care.